This episode of the Matt Report is brought to you by Matt Report Pro. Head over to mattreport.com slash join. It's the number one way for you to support the podcast and learn how to build a better WordPress business. Join the members-only forum, mastermind calls, and receive exclusive content not available for free in the public podcast. Find out more at mattreport.com slash join. This is The Matt Report, the voice of WordPress entrepreneurship. If you're running a WordPress freelance business selling themes, plugins, or client services, this is the place for you. Learn more at mattreport.com and subscribe at mattreport.com slash subscribe. And now, on to the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Matt Report. Super excited for today's episode, and do you know why? Because I didn't record it. It was our good friend Troy Dean from WP Elevation, and what we're doing is something called the host swap, uh, where I'm taking his spot, he's taking my spot, and putting ourselves in each other's shoes and seeing what it's like to sort of live uh, the day in the life uh, of competing podcasters, right? Talking about sort of the same subjects of WordPress entrepreneurship. Uh, so today's episode is Jafe uh, from X Team, and he's being uh, again interviewed by uh, uh, Troy Dean, and we're gonna and he's gonna talk all about what it's like. Uh, to be working at X Team, and actually, one of this year's most popular episodes comes from Frankie Jarrett, who I interviewed uh, a few weeks back. Uh, that's actually been the most popular episode so far this year. So, definitely going to be some good stuff to listen to in this episode. It was a whole heck of a lot of fun. And if you are a listener of Troy, and somewhere in the show notes here uh, on the MattReport.com blog post, will I'll have the link that goes to my interview with Jason Cohen of WP Engine, which will be airing on Troy podcast so certainly check that out as well let us know in the comments who do you think uh won the host swap <laughs> there was no challenge uh but let us know who you thought uh did a better job if not we'll give each other high fives the next time we see each other probably at pressnomics 3 coming up in january uh other awesome stuff uh of course as always leaving the five star reviews on itunes is amazing it helps folks find the show uh and get other wordpress entrepreneurs exposed to these stories which really help right in the long run i get tons of emails from folks who say that they love listening to the show and it's really helped them get to another uh, the next step in their WordPress business so that's awesome stuff so as always iTunes uh, Matt Report five stars that's great uh, Matt Report Pro right MattReport.com slash join it's been about a few weeks now since we've brought on uh, Lisa, our executive producer, to the podcast, and she's really helping shape uh, not only the podcast, but what's going on in the Matt Report Pro community, right? So now we've got some resource pages, and we've got a lot of new interesting ideas uh, that are coming down the pipe for the Matt Report Pro community. Uh, so that's really fun, right? And if you are a pro listener, uh, just a shout out, there is a WordPress, uh, excuse me, a Google Plus group uh, that is private just for Matt Report Pro members, right? So if you check your email, I sent it out uh, a few days ago, go ahead and join that group because that's how you're going to get some of the live events that that we're doing, right? So no more sharing the, the link in the forum and sort of the back and forth with the emails. What we'll do is just put everything through that Google Plus community. You hit you hit up that, that group and you'll get into the live events when I send them out. Plus you'll be notified and all that fun stuff. Wondering what the heck it is, if you want to go to MattReport.com slash join, uh, check it out. It's uh, it's like support for your WordPress business, right? So you join this members-only community. You ask these questions that you have that, how do I get more customers? How do I raise my rates? What, what is this plugin? Can I use this plugin on this next project? How do I do discovery? Those kinds of things. And then we answer those questions in the forums. Every month we do a mastermind call where somebody takes the hot 
hot seat uh, and they join in and they say, hey, uh, you know, I, I've got this problem. Can, can the group help me? And the group chimes in and gives them help. It's definitely an awesome, awesome experience for those of us running the, our businesses. So you can check out more of that stuff at mattreport.com slash join. It's number one way to support the show. And then as always, mattreport.com slash subscribe. Become a member of the mailing list, right? We send out four hours worth of podcasts every month. The, the advice that you hear is worth millions, right? And it's all for free uh, every month in your inbox, com slash subscribe. All right. So without further ado, let's get on to the host swap with Jafe and Troy. G'day, Troy Dean here reporting for the Matt Report, not the WP Elevation podcast. Of course, this is part of host swap. So if you want to... Uh, see the WP Elevation podcast, or in fact, you want to see Matt Medeiros, you need to go to WPElevation.com and check that out because I'm here this week hosting the Matt Report and I have with me all the way from Tasmania, my good friend Jafe from X-Team. Hey Jafe, how you doing? Hey Troy, I'm good, how are you? Thanks for joining us on the Matt Report. Last time we spoke was on the other podcast, but uh, we're doing this host swap thing to just share the love. Nice, very Um, cool. And last time I spoke with you, you were at Invato, and now, of course, you are with X-Team, and we're going to talk all about that and learn what you're up to. Now, I must just say, these headphones, I was hoping they would work for this episode because Matt always wears headphones, but um, they're not going to work because if I have the audio coming through these headphones, then I can't record it. So, unfortunately, I'm going to have to lose them, and they'll just be a prop. That's better. Now I can hear the world again. (laughs) I don't know how we spend so much time under those headphones. It's weird in there. All right, uh, let's start with the two-minute warning or elevator pitch of how you started with WordPress and when you knew that this was something that you were going to do ongoing. When did that happen? Sure. Um, So that would have been probably about 2007, I think. Um, I was working for a a really small startup uh, web agency and we were building things on um, Cake PHP at the time as a the framework. And so we did quite a bit of stuff on that and some web applications. Um, and I kind of, we had, I think we had four devs and there were some of the small, some of the, not small, but trainee kind of guys. I thought this is so silly getting them to learn Cake PHP and take all this time to build a client site. We need something that gets us that much further um, out of the box, why not take advantage of some open source systems? So we started playing with WordPress and basically, yeah, full convert since then. I uh, now use that to build web applications and have worked at a couple of other agencies since then where I came in and went, what are you doing with your custom CMS? This is madness. Um, and let's use WordPress. And, and we switched to WordPress there as well. So, yeah. Did, did you go down the whole kind of Drupal, Joomla, Mambo, Magento, whatever it was at the time, and, and then settle on WordPress, or was WordPress the thing you started using and then you stuck to it? Yeah, well, actually, um, the next agency I worked for, um, they also had a custom CMS, and I said, it was built on a custom framework as well, and I said, guys, this is crazy. If that one guy over there in the corner cucks it, uh, <laughs> we're in big trouble um, so how about we use a different framework to build the custom CMS on? Carxit is Australian for dies, by the way. <laughs> yeah, gets hit by a bus. It's the, the bus policy. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, so I said, well, you know, let's use a different framework, an open source one, um, so we at least have a good basis to go from. And then I thought, wait a minute, we're using WordPress for this stuff. Why don't we just use WordPress and, and be done with it? And I, I got a little bit of resistance when people were just going, well, why WordPress? There's so many CMSs. And so I said, okay, that's a good point. I haven't really investigated the others, so let's do it. And we made a list of probably the 10 most popular at the time. 
and then we narrowed them down on a few different sort of factors, things like market share and documentation, community, stuff like that. And we got down to, uh, I think we ended up just going with Joomla and WordPress and we built a client site on each. And we went, okay, yeah, let's see how this goes. We got a couple of devs to do it and then afterwards we kind of did a, a bit of a post-mortem on the projects and said, okay, how did that go for that dev? And he's like, yeah, you know, like Joomla does some weird stuff with HTML that you kind of can't change and there's some table stuff that was hard-coded kind of into Joomla at the time and things like that that we didn't like. Um, but the real deciding factor was client training. We found that we trained the client for half an hour um, with WordPress and we didn't hear from them for, oh, must have been must have been two, three weeks. And then they called us up, um, just really excited, telling us to go look at their website and what they all the content they'd put into it. Uh, whereas with Joomla, we heard from the client two days later and the same half-hour training and um, they're like, oh, I, can't, I don't know where how to do this other thing. I can't work it out. And then we heard from them again another kind of week later and they're like, I have just forgotten everything. I haven't touched it for a week and I don't know what I'm doing. And so in the end, we actually converted that client across to WordPress for um, gratis just because we were like, okay, well, we don't want this legacy Joomla thing. So yeah, and that ever since then, the, uh, that, that agency's actually closed down and the uh, the guy was I was the technical director there, and there was a creative director. So it was us who was making those decisions. And he's gone and built his own business. He just won a Telstra Small Business Award the other day, and his business is completely WordPress now. Wow! Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Um, did you did you? I think you've answered this question. Did you have an aha moment when you realised that WordPress was the way to go? And you talked about client training. Uh, and this would have been one of your first WordPress projects or clients. So then we've just knocked off Matt's first three questions in one fell swoop there. Um, so let's talk about client training because this is an interesting conversation that kind of feels like everyone who's in the WordPress space now kind of started out using WordPress, was really impressed by the plugin architecture and the plugin repository, which allowed you know rapid deployment of different functionality and that the interface was pretty intuitive compared to the other solutions on the market, but now it feels like it hasn't kind of evolved at the same speed as other web app interfaces have. And so now there's this real question about, you know, how do we keep WordPress as intuitive as it was when it first started in comparison to all of the other, you know, products and services available? And obviously backwards compatibility is a huge issue here, but what's your, like, do you still find that, you know, getting clients up and running in WordPress I know you're not doing much client work these days, but you know, over that course of, of a few years, was getting clients up and running in WordPress still really easy or do you think that it's kind of lagging in comparison to some of the other services or, or tools available? Yeah, you're right. I think a lot, of, a lot of this is actually newcomers to the scene that are um, even easier to use. So Drupal and Joomla are still more difficult to use than WordPress, but you've got things like Wix and Weebly and Squarespace and those guys who've come in and you know drag and drop and you can get quite far, even Shopify um, for your e-commerce stuff and you can actually get a fair way without needing to get under the hood a little bit. Um, WordPress.com is kind of, in a way, it's the answer to those things but it doesn't have the um, extensibility um, that you have from a self-hosted WordPress so you kind of have to go self-hosted and then you get a bunch of extra complexity. 
Um, I was trying to convince someone the other day who they say, I want to start a blog. And I'm like, yeah, go with WordPress.com. And they're like, oh, and then someone else said, I've run my business on WordPress.org. You should go with that. I'm like, no, no, wait a minute. This is someone who's afraid to turn their computer on because they might break something. Just stay with WordPress.com. You can actually get quite far. Um, and the interface isn't too difficult to learn. It's just when you start getting in the complexities of WordPress.org, I think you get a problem because themes and plugins just add such a big layer of overhead. Um, the agency that I was talking about before, it was actually the, the web dev side of things was a side business. The agency itself was actually uh, a national training company in Adobe products. And so we did a lot of training in Adobe products as well as PHP, MySQL, and things like that. So we really, like client training was something that we did really well. And it was something that, so that was why, another reason it was the deciding factor for us was it was very easy for us to see what the advantages were on the client training on WordPress versus something else. These other platforms, as they get more and more advanced, um, it'll be interesting to see if they can maintain their, their ease of use. Uh, Wix and Weebly are a bit more easier to use than WordPress now, maybe, um, but once, but they're also a bit more limited. Mm. Uh, once they once they get more advanced, will they still be as easy to use? I don't know. Mm. I mean, the, the you know, it's interesting. This, we're completely off script right now. Sorry, Matt. Um, the um, it's interesting to see you know Jake with recently launched um, Velocity Pages, which is his kind of front end drag and drop solution yeah. to building pages on the front end as a you know one of the core developers of WordPress and he's releasing a front end drag and drop page builder that tells you something doesn't it yeah yeah it does that's it's quite interesting and you can see even the customizer itself is starting to to go that way a little bit do you think um you know it's funny I was training a client recently we launched a new website and I sat them down in front of WordPress and they the first thing they did this was 3.8 the first thing they did was grabbed an image off their desktop and chucked it on the visual editor and, of course, the image just opened up in the browser, you know. And it was like, well, that's broken, isn't it? And I went, no, actually, that's just the way it works. Of course, they fixed that in 3.9, yeah? Or, sorry, this was 3.7. They fixed it in 3.8 where now you can just yeah. drag an image onto the visual editor. But I think it's that, that kind of usability and that ease of use that people expect when they come to WordPress now. And we know that yeah. it's, we know that it's you know, better than Drupal. It's better than Joomla in terms of interface and usability. But it still feels like it's got a way to go to, to be really kind of stupid-proof. That's true. And there's more and more people now who are more and more familiar with technology, right? So you have more people who are using technology in their day-to-day jobs these days than you did, you know, maybe, what, seven years ago. Um, so I think that's a big component as well. Oh, you just froze on me. All right, let's reconnect. There we go. I can hear you again. Aha, uh-huh. yes, I can hear you, but I cannot see you. There we go. Got you back. There we go. Awesome. I can't see you either, actually. You can't see me? No. There we go. Now you should be able to see me. Oh, there we go. I'll just get, I'll just get Matt to edit that out. Stitch it together. Yes. About the eleven-minute mark, he'll need to do an edit. Um, uh, so the question was: um, 
Do you think it's because so do you think it's because the user base of WordPress has changed over the last five years that more and more users of WordPress.org, the software, because more and more business websites are being built on WordPress.org, that the user base and the, the, the profile of the general kind of end user has changed dramatically, whereas maybe seven years ago they were a little more tech-savvy, whereas now you know, they're, they're kind of almost first-time internet users and they get this website and they have to learn WordPress and maybe they're just used to using Facebook where you can just chuck an image on your status update and they're kind of feeling like it doesn't quite work like they expect it to. Yeah, I absolutely think that that's it. Um, back in the day, you would have uh, someone wants us to get a website set up for their business so they find a local web development agency and they build the website and hopefully they do a little bit of client training afterwards or at least they're there to troubleshoot and um, you know, Q&A afterwards. Um, these days, you can kind of... the People are a bit more tech-savvy and but not to the sort of that that extent that a web agency would be and so they kind of jump on, oh yeah, I can download this and I can sign up for this host and I can upload a file and holy crap, what do I do now? And I've no, got no one to ask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about X-Team. For those that don't know, Jay've spent uh, quite a... How long were you at Envato, by the way? Was uh, nearly four years, I think. Four years. So you were... Yeah. WordPress evangelist at Envato, which is of course home to Theme Forest and Code Canyon and Graphic River and all the you know digital marketplaces that we love. Um, you left Envato uh, how long ago? Three months ago. Uh, it would have been the very beginning of April. Okay. Yep, three months ago, and you are now with X Team. Um, tell us about that transition. Yeah, yeah. So that was an interesting transition. Um, Having been at Envato for quite a while, I, I and and being in the evangelist role, I hadn't done a great deal of sort of development work during that time. I'd done some, and I'd contributed to WordPress Core a little and things like that. Um, but I really wanted to get back into the development stuff, and I'd been having a chat with um, Dave Rosen, the CEO at X Team, and he mentioned this product that they're working on called Stream, and uh, it basically tracks. All the activity that and changes that happen in your in your WordPress site, and I thought that sounds fantastic. Why why isn't there an you know something like that already? Um, Drupal has Watchdog, and there are a couple of other plugins that do the job, but I didn't think there was anything quite as nice as Stream when I had a look at it. And it was actually a a plugin idea that I'd had myself. And you know, ideas aren't worth anything if you don't do anything with them. And I hadn't never done anything with it. And so now I was being presented with the opportunity to jump on board and um, get involved with, with Stream there. So I thought, well, yeah, I'm going to do this and joined, joined X-Team to, to work full-time on Stream. Okay, so okay, so, so tell me, I'm looking at X-Team at the moment, right? I'm just trying to work, I mean, I'm just trying to work out their business model, right? I'm trying to work out, okay, you know, a guy like Jay wouldn't come cheap to work full-time on a product like Stream. I'm looking at Stream's pricing, I'm going... How, how do these guys afford to build a team, to put developers full-time on product? Let me see if I've got this right. X-Team are like a curated marketplace of developers or are they all, do they all work for X-Team? Um, <clears throat> they all work for X-Team. Well, they mostly work for X-Team, um, but it's, it's kind of uh, the way you do employment across international borders 
is by contract, right? So, you know, they're contractors, I suppose, a lot of them in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but X-Team is essentially, yeah, it's a services business model. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a couple of different teams. There's a team that focuses on Drupal. There's a team that focuses on WordPress. Um, and there are um, WordPress.com VIP partner. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they have, um, there's actually a parent company called X-Company. And X-Company also has things like... Um, Another company called XHTMLized, which is like a PSD to to WordPress or to HTML type of a uh-huh. type of business as well. And so there's actually a few sort of sister companies. There's also a mobile game development um, sub company there and things like that. So um, XHTMLized, XTeam, Stream, um, they're all sub companies under X Company. So so slightly different from something like. Um you know, uh, codable or, um, or, or, uh, Elto where you post a, or, you know, even the studio, uh, Envato service now where you post a service and you know that, you know, to get this homepage template designed and developed, it's going to cost, you know, 350 bucks. It's not like that where you're buying services as products. You, but, but these guys do have a large group of developers from all over the world um, and are they, so, where are they? Where do they sit in the marketplace? Are they designed for to help small businesses manage their WordPress sites, or are they designed more for enterprise clients to get some hardcore development work done? Yeah, well, actually, it's kind of the whole gamut. Um, so, there's about a hundred people or so in total, I think, mm-hmm. and basically, um, a decent portion of those are XHTMLized type type people. Um, there's about sixteen people, I think, on the WordPress team. And the WordPress team, yeah, like I say, they're a VIP partner and they are, um, you know, dealing with clients like Fox and, you know, various people like that. So some of those clients that are on the, um, on the website there. Wow, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. And, and so tell me about the product. So you're, is, it, is it just you on stream or is it, how, how big is the stream team? There are three of us full-time on stream um, and we also occasionally... Um, we'll you know do a bit of a kind of statement of work and get one of the other um, WordPress team guys to come in and do a little bit here and there when we need a bit of extra bandwidth. Okay, so so tell me about the um, uh, let's talk about let's kind of go deep and tell me what Stream is, and then let's talk about I'm I'm curious about the iteration process on how you and I think we can apply this to freelancers. Um, we're actually going through this at the moment with one of our clients. We've, we've, you know, just about to launch, and then there's a whole bunch of kind of little things that need to keep going. And I'm curious as to how you manage that in a remote team situation. Um, but before we get there, tell me: so, what does Stream do, and why should I use it on my website? Sure. So, so Stream tracks all the changes that happen on your WordPress site. So that essentially allows you to do a range of things. You can keep track of what's happening, um, particularly if there's multiple users uh, or if, you know, even multiple sites on a multi-site network. Um, you can keep track of what's what's been happening there. You can make sure you can add notifications and things uh, with one of our extensions so that you can get notified, for example, when um, thinking of, you know, my own history working on um, net uh, WP Tuts, um, had a team of editors working on a on various articles, tutorials, and you want to know has this has this guy actually done anything on this tutorial he's supposed to be writing? 
um, you know, you can you can check your stream activity log and you can see, oh yeah, there's been a couple of changes then, so I know he's actually working on it, or oh he hasn't even started yet, or he started it but then he hasn't touched it for three weeks and the deadline's looming, things like that. Um, it also means that if you have a client site and your client calls you up and says, uh, I I've changed something on the website, or even worse, uh, I didn't do anything and the website's <laughs> broken. Um, uh, I don't know what happened. Uh, can you fix it? Um, you know, like straight away, normally you're jumping into, right, well, not only do I have to fix something, but first I need to work out what on earth they actually did. Um, with Stream, you can just jump in and have a look at the activity and go, oh, they updated this post and I can see that they removed, you know, the featured image off it or whatever and you can just go in and fix it straight away because you've got that log there. Um, all that kind of stuff. And we're actually working on at the moment this is a little bit a little bit secret we've mentioned it now and then but we kind of aren't promoting it too hard at the just yet but we're working on our hosted activity logs for for stream so it actually that would actually mean that even if your site is white screening or you can't access it for some reason um you can still view the log to see what changed mm. um as well as things like if your site is breached and someone's made changes to a whole bunch of posts inserting spammy links or something like that. You can see all those changes um, even if the person's gone back and deleted the stream records. You know, they can't delete them because they're on the, in the cloud, whereas at the moment they're hosted in the WordPress site. So if that's compromised, so is the log. Gotcha. Um, this is fascinating. I can see that we're going to be using this straight away uh, on WP Elevation, not Matt Report. I can't speak for Matt Report, but I think he should be using it. Um, I think he is. <laughs> is he? I think so. Oh, fantastic. There you go. He's ahead of the curve. Uh, so this is, uh, this is fascinating. So tell me uh, some of the questions that Matt, his, Matt has got written here in this um, interview outline is sort of more about the freelancing business. But I'm curious as to how this works in your kind of business. What is the process for, you know, if you guys – first of all, how do you triage what goes into Stream? So you've obviously got a list of things that you want to put in it, and then you've probably got a list of things that your users want you to put in it. Hmm. Let's, let's talk about that question first. How do you get feedback from your users and, and say, okay, that's, that's, um, that's going in this week, or no, 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 that can just sit on the bench for a couple of months? Yeah, so the, um, the core Stream plugin is completely free is on the WordPress.org repository and uh, it's also, uh, we have, we're developing it on GitHub. So we encourage people to log issues on GitHub if they want to. Um, and what we do is <clears throat> on the WordPress.org forums, we deal with support there. Um, if something there kind of has turned into a bit of a feature request, we'll go and add it as an issue on GitHub and tell the person, you know, you can go participate in that conversation here if you want to. Um, here it is anyway, uh, so you know we're working on it, even if you don't want to jump in there. Um, we also have um, things that we want to do to grow the usage of Stream. Um, so we're starting to build connectors, we call them. So extensions extend Stream's core functionality and connectors allow other plugins to take advantage of Stream's functionality by logging to it. So we've built a connector for WooCommerce, which is out there. So now you can keep track of the various e-commerce things that happen in WooCommerce that WordPress core is kind of oblivious to, right, as far as tracking goes and hooks and things. 
Um, so some of it is based on that. We say, oh, well, what would make Stream really useful to people? Well, people do their business on WordPress and they're going to want to keep track of orders and things like that as well. So we should add that functionality. So that helps map it. So yeah, it's feature requests that come through support as well as things that we think people, most people will find useful. And then what's the iteration process? Do you, do you say, okay, uh, we need to know what this looks like? So if it's something that's going to affect the interface, for example, do you just develop that on a development environment and see how it looks out of the box and then maybe do some styling on it retrospectively? Or do you say, okay, well, this is going to be a new part to the admin UI. We need to know how it looks before we develop it. How does that work? Yeah, yeah. So when we're doing new UI stuff, um, usually whoever's working on that particular issue or if someone has been you know, having a bit of a think on it in their, in their off time, um, they'll do a mock-up of this is kind of what I think that interface should look like for for this. So usually we've kind of said, hey, we're going to have this feature. Uh, we think it should work roughly like that. Someone will come up with a mock-up of how about this. Um, and then sometimes an even you know more kind of high-fidelity mock-up where you can actually do some click-throughs or like a short video of, okay, here's a not really working but looks like it's working kind of mock-up. Um, and then we can kind of, you know, the rest of the team will give a bit of feedback and say, yeah, well, I think so, or oh, do you think people would be able to use that um, without having to think about it too hard and things like that? And then we'll kind of build it, and if we get feedback on it, we'll kind of make adjustments and things after the fact there. So do you deploy straight to GitHub, or do you deploy to your own kind of development version first and test it internally before you deploy to GitHub? Um, so GitHub, the way we use GitHub, we have the, the master sort of branch, which is essentially what whatever the last version was that was deployed to the .org directory. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a develop branch, which is kind of this is the stuff that's going to be merged into the master branch soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and we use a kind of git flow method. So if someone has been working on a feature, they've got a branch for that feature. Anyone really who we have about, I think we've got about 23 contributors now to the, to the project, um, which is pretty cool. And any, anyone who's contributing to the project or, or visits it on GitHub could check out one of those branches and see a feature that's, you know, mid development if they wanted to. Fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And well, it's broken. Well, yeah, it's broken. Yeah, yeah. It's and not even like in develop yet. Just go back to the mock-up stage for a second. Do you have a specific tool that you use for collaborating on mock-ups? Um, no, not really. I mean, we kind of just use, I guess you would say, the browser. We just kind of, you know, you jump into the, the debug tools and tweak the HTML a little there and go, yeah, I think it should look like that. Or maybe you've just done it in... Um, I think mostly we just use HTML, CSS to kind okay. of mock things up. Um, and, there's not a great deal of images in stream. And all the collaboration and communication is just done via email or I know I'm getting really granular here, but this... We I, use you know. Slack. Um, ah, yes. Stuff. Yeah, so it's just kind of do a mock-up, piff it into Slack and yep. um, get some feedback there. Yes, yeah. I've been looking at Slack recently and it looks very sexy. Yeah, it's pretty nice. We've used HipChat for a little while uh-huh. um, there before that, but Slack is really great. Some of the integrations, it's it's pretty cool. You can, 
the integrations with GitHub in particular are quite nice. You can see when someone's pushed a bunch of changes or um, just just left a comment on something and you're like, oh, okay, and then you can jump in and leave comments on it. It's nice to just get those notifications in Slack and not have yeah. a billion email notifications. Yeah, definitely. Um, wh- who, who decides finally what goes into stream and what, what gets merged and what doesn't? Um, we, we make those decisions collaboratively where they're big decisions, but otherwise we just kind of go with, you know, there's, only, there's three of us, Frankie, Frankie Jarrett, Luke Carbis, uh, myself, and then we also have a guy, um, and a guy named Shadi who does a fair bit of work on it with us. And uh, Frankie, Luke, and myself usually will just kind of, yeah, build something, push it in. We do code reviews. So when you um, do a pull request from your feature branch into develop, you say, here's a pull request, um, and ping one of the others to say, can you just have a look at this? It makes sense. We'll go through it. Go, oh, you should probably do this, or, oh, you've missed that or this just looks brilliant, merge it in. Um, yeah, and then we merge it in. Um, sometimes if it's a bigger thing, then we might go, oh, let's just have a quick quick chat and we'll jump on Google Hangout or something like that and talk something through where you've got a little bit sort of higher bandwidth communication and typing stuff out. Yep. Um, yeah, but mostly we're just kind of, we're a pretty close group. We keep in contact all, like, all, pretty much all the time, almost constantly on Slack so that we have a good feel for these kinds of things as we're building them as well. So mm. we've got a, a good rapport and good trust within the team. A quick question on development. How do you keep your chops up as a developer? Do you go, you have a particular place that you go to learn, you know, like do you, you have like using CSS preprocessors or whatever it is, like how do you go, yeah. I need to get my head around this. I have one place that I go to to learn this stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, well... So lately, the last three months, um, I've been mostly working on the on the cloud side of of Stream, and that's built on a Node.js application. Um, and so, I've had to get my Node.js chops up to speed um, pretty quickly. And most of, most of most of the way I've done that is through Node School, actually. I'm just kind of reading generally online. Um, did a couple of tutorials here and there, but a lot of reading documentation, um, a lot of trawling through the Ghost um, code base, actually, mm-hmm. to kind of go, hmm, what are they using for integration testing? Or, mm. um, you know, what are they using as their their uh, template templating language here? And, and it, that's great, actually, because they have, you know, big, sometimes big GitHub threads on discussing whether to use this or that for a particular solution. Like at the moment, they're rebuilding their admin and they're like, so we do, do we use Backbone or Angular or Ember or, or what? And you get to read this massive thing about you know, everyone pitching in the, their favorite tool and why um, and then what, how they came to a decision. It's quite, it's quite good. And then you can, you can say, well, that doesn't apply to me, so I think this one's actually best for me even though it's not what they chose. Mm. Or you say, well, that's, yeah, Okay, perfect. I'll use that. So I've been doing a lot of that. Uh, but Node School is great. NodeSchool.io, I think it is, mm-hmm. is a. Um, it's kind of like an in-person thing. Uh, we had one here in Hobart not long ago. We just mm. on a Saturday. About twenty people got together, and maybe three or four of them were sort of Node.js pros, and the rest were people who were wanting to learn. And we went through 
it's kind of a self-paced node application that takes you through learning node, um, including tests. So it actually verifies your code and tells you if you passed or not. Um, and you have people there to help you get through it. Um, so after doing that first one, I've actually been spending a bit of time on node school going through all the other lessons just myself. Um, that's mainly how I've been getting up to speed there. You've got to love the open source community, don't you? <sighs> right. It's... Uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's it's great because you can you can teach yourself just enough to hang yourself. <laughs> That's right. I'm renowned for doing that. You teach yourself just enough that you have to go hire someone to fix your problems. Yeah. Um, can you? Okay. So, uh, can you? There's a question here. I love this question. I'm going to have to. We're not going to understand it because we're Australian. But can you share what is really working for you right now? One thing that's really working for you right now, like a wide receiver catching the long pass. And we're Australian, so we don't understand what that means. But I, I feel think like it's a gridiron reference. It is. I think it's like, you know, imagine like the wicket keeper catching the ball as the batsman leaves it. You know, I don't know. What's <laughs> bad analogy? What's the one thing that's really working for you right now? Um, for, for stream, I think what's really working for us at the moment is paying a lot of attention to the feedback that we're getting. Um, we have the, the core free plugin and we're getting a lot of feedback in the support forums on you know, what people do and don't like or what they'd like to see in it. Uh, we have the extension club and we're getting, we have email and support forums there as well. Um, and so getting feedback from people on that, what they do and don't like. Um, even getting feedback from from others like like the WooCommerce guys or, or the Gravity Forms team um, when we're wanting to implement uh, connectors so that we can track all that stuff and you know, seeing what those guys have to suggest um, is pretty cool. So mostly it's collecting feedback and chatting about it in the team and, and implementing stuff that's working really well for us. Yeah, For me personally, within the stream team, um, getting really full-on back into development and learning some new technology is um, my favorite place to be. So that's working for me. Nice. Do you miss the, do you miss the kind of, I don't know, is this, like a, is this a bigger team that you're in now that, than you were at Envato or is it a smaller team? Like, I guess it is a bigger team in a way. I mean, Envato is like 250 people, um, but it was me reporting to someone. Yeah. Uh, whereas now I have a team of three and yeah. we kind of um, – Dave is an, is an awesome empowerer and he basically is pretty hands-off and mm. it's just the three of us. Um, yeah, so we, and we report, report to each other and it's – yeah, it's really cool. So even though you're at a smaller company, you're actually in a bigger – you've got more camaraderie and more colleagues. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Actually, I would have more. I would have more sort of team communication rather than just kind of talking to people all across the company who don't really have anything to do with my day to day. Yeah. All right, let's uh, wind your mind back to the days when you were freelancing, and it's really interesting that we're still having this conversation because I look at X Team, and I think the reason X Team exists is because WordPress has grown so much that you know companies like you know, Microsoft and, you know, Skype and ClickBank, who are some of Human Made's customers, and Threadless and Fox and, you know, Twitter. You know, some of these teams are now looking for WordPress specialists to help them. So the, the birth of 
things like X-Team and, you know, crowd favourite are slowly taking over the world and human-made and 10-up are growing at a rate of knots. Yeah. And yet we still are asking this question, how do you deal with the $500 client? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> and I think in a way I'm the right person to ask because it would only be someone who did a bit of freelancing in their spare time who would want to deal with a $500 client. And even then, um, at the moment, you know, I've got a, a little girl and my free time is a lot more valuable than to me than it used to be. Mm. Um, so even a $500 client probably isn't someone I would, I would do anything for. Mm. Um, but what I, what I used to do for a $500 client was really kind of either just tell them up front, look, $500 is not, is not going to get you very far. Um, if you add a zero, then we're kind of – now we're talking about a, an entry-level website. Yeah. Um, or occasionally if I wasn't getting very far and it was someone that I felt really just needed a little education around the process, then I might do a kind of an itemized broken down, here's what you get for $500 <laughs> and then here's what you'll need and on top of that and what that will cost and then there's other thing that you'll need and that will cost and mm. you know break it down so they can really see, oh, okay, so $500, it's, it's not worth even for them, it's not worth the $500 for what they'll get for $500. Mm. Um, and of, often that sort of client will end up you know, going with someone that they know mm. instead and that person builds them a website for $500 and they mm. end up with a $500 website and they come back to you later and suddenly yeah. they have $5,000 yeah, yeah, yeah. available. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Uh, I had this idea when someone says they've got $500 to send them a zip file of WordPress.org uh, of the installation and a zip file of the Genesis developer pack of all of the themes, which I think is like 400 bucks to buy. So I'm like, here you go. That's what you get for 500 bucks. Knock yourself out. Oh, and I'll set you up with a year's hosting at Bluehost. Off your trot. Done. <laughs> that's yeah. what you get for 500 bucks. Terrible. And that's, and that's where you end up with those people who go, WordPress is too hard to use and go off and use Wix or Weebly instead. Exactly. They got a $500 website and yeah, well... You know, for $500, it's not going to do everything you want. You, Yeah. <laughs> if you, and I think, I, I think one of the problems is that because WordPress has grown and a lot of WordPress consultants end up consulting because they build their own site on WordPress and then a friend says, oh, can you help me, you know, and they go, yeah, can you? And then another friend says, can you help me? And then someone they don't know says, oh, such and such said you can help me. And they go, oh, well, hang on, you're not a friend, so I can charge you some money. And then all of a sudden they go, oh, maybe I can build a business out of this. But they don't have any business skills, but they know how to use WordPress. And they kind of end up in this business by accident, really. And I think that's just because WordPress is yeah. so widely accessible that people you know, who are half tech savvy can download it and figure out how to use it and then go, hmm, maybe I can build a business around this. Yep, I saw a tweet the other day. Um, I, I wish I could remember who tweeted it so I could attribute it. But they said that they... Um, if you Google for developer jobs um, and then you add WordPress into the Google search, the salary drops by 30%. Yeah, right. And then I thought, wow, that's, that's kind of telling. And I think the problem there is kind of exactly what you said. Every man in his dog can use WordPress. It's almost the fact that WordPress is easy to use is yeah. the problem in that regard yeah. because... Yeah, anyone can do WordPress. So why would I pay you that when yeah. I can get someone else who can do WordPress for less? Yeah, yeah, that's right. 
oversupply. Um, and so therefore, it all comes down to positioning. Um, <laughs> don't get me started. If you could go <laughs> back in time, one year, five year or 10 years, uh, what are the key ingredients or what is the one thing that you would do differently if you were starting out again? And I guess this is, you know, advice for someone starting out now who might look to you and say, wow, you've had this amazing journey and this great success and ended up working with Envato and X-Team and, you know, um, you're known in the WordPress space. If, if I'm starting out, what's the one thing that I could do now to kind of fast track my, my efforts? Hmm. I don't know if there's too much that I would, that I would change other than maybe, um, other than maybe getting underway a little sooner. Yeah, actually, that's probably what I would do. Mm. I, my, my first job was IT support for the local city council, and I did that for five years. And in hindsight, I, um, I would get out of that sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe after, after it was kind of good because uh, there was, you know, you know, the typical council worker image you have in your head is a guy leaning on a shovel instead of, you know, doing some digging with it, right? So... Um, I'm not going to lie. There was a bit of free time to kind of do your own thing a little bit at the council, and that's probably where I managed to teach myself um, a lot of PHP. So, so really, I didn't waste that time. Um, I put it to good use by learning PHP and building utilities that we used in our job in in various web technologies, um, training other people in how to use PHP. So they have quite a few PHP tools there now. Um, uh, so I probably didn't waste it, but I probably could have got out of there sooner and started, um, yeah, down a down a proper sort of full on web development path. Yeah, but one of the things that I love most about what I have done is um, early on when I was freelancing, spending a lot of time. Um, I considered my marketing budget, and I think I've mentioned this to you in the WP Elevation one actually. But I considered my marketing budget to be time I spent on, on during the day on Twitter. Um, helping other people, mm. um, and if it was kind of you know if I if I could fix your problem within half an hour, then it was free. Um, the idea just being you get known for being a helpful guy, mm. um, and then when people want something serious done, they go, "Well, I'm going to go to the helpful guy because mm. I know that I can communicate with him, and I know that he knows his stuff and can get my problems sorted. And if this time this is a bigger problem, and I throw some money at it, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, it's it's obvious, isn't it? But it's it's you know. But it's something that requires a little bit of thought to execute. Yeah, particularly when people have this perception that um, Twitter is where you tell people what you're having for lunch. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, well, really? Twitter is what's paying for my lunch. So Yeah, that's right. I had that client say that to me recently. A manufacturing client said, oh, you know, we're never going to use Twitter because that's what people just use to show what they're having for lunch. And I'm like... I hate to tell you this, but you're following the wrong people on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do, doing it wrong, for sure. Um, do you have a particular weakness that you think is offset by being a part of the WordPress community or using WordPress software? Yes, definitely. Um, there's an Albert Einstein quote, um, and I'm going to massacre it, but it's Excellent. something along the lines of, um, I don't bother remembering stuff that I can easily find in books. <laughs> um, and I, like, I love that quote because my memory for those kinds of details is terrible. Yeah. Um, I can remember a phone number that someone gave me four, five years ago um, because it's useless to me now, but I can't remember necessarily how many parameters go in the WP remote request method off the top of my head. 
um, or what order they are or those kinds of things. I mean, maybe that particular one because I used it recently, but that kind of thing. So having the excellent documentation and community available means I don't need to remember nitty-gritty details like that. I just know where I can find it easily and I know how to use it once I get there. Yeah, awesome. Um, here's a question that I want to ask. It's got nothing to do with the interview at all, but what do you use a code repository? Do you use like a particular place online where you store your code snippets? Code snippets? Um, no, I don't really. Um, I, I probably would just use gists on, yeah. on GitHub if I did. Yep. Um, but really what I would like to do is, and I'm sure, so I use the Atom, uh, code editor from, from the GitHub guys, uh-huh. and I'm sure that that has, um, that has a snippets, yeah, that does. It has a snippets thing, um, but I wish that had a little bit, maybe it does, I just haven't investigated this, but if that had a bit better inter- integration into gists, I'd probably use that a bit more. Mm. Um, but snippets aren't something I use that often, to be honest. And what about when you share, uh, you, you share code snippets with your remote team? Yeah, then I use um, gists if it's something that's you know fine to be public. Uh, otherwise, uh, Slack actually has a built-in kind of snippet collection and and stuff like that, and you can choose even who within the team to share it with and stuff like that. So really, um, snippets in Slack is pretty cool. Right. Well, that just strengthens the argument for Slack, doesn't it? Um, yeah. I'm trying to get Slack integrated here. But um, I'm fighting an uphill battle, I think. Uh, one of the things is I get distracted by shiny widgets all the time, and my business partner's job is to stop me getting distracted by shiny widgets. So, um. Yeah, you've really <laughs> got to make a case for it when you find one that's actually that's worth right. pursuing then. What's your one gripe about WordPress, and how can we solve that gripe or improve that gripe? Ooh. Um... I don't really have any particular gripes about WordPress. I think you know anything that I would say is just a is just a growing pain that's sort of being worked through anyway. Um, like some of the stuff you mentioned earlier, I suppose, um, in terms of keeping up with people who have slightly simpler interfaces or more accessible interfaces for for newcomers. Um, but that's stuff that's actively being worked on in Track and in in, in WordPress core. So I'm not. I'm not worried about it to the point of wanting to gripe. Um, yeah, no, I think WordPress is, is pretty good. I, I really, I think that the um, the community around WordPress and the the devotion to backward compatibility, while it can throw up some challenges, um, honestly, it's one of the big reasons why I would want to choose WordPress over something like Drupal or things like that. You get a client who who updates Drupal or Joomla um, across a major version, that's going to be a problem. Mm. There's some interesting chatter going on over at chrislemmer.com at the moment about backward compatibility, uh, specifically around advanced custom fields, which we won't go into here, but it's an interesting conversation, um, which I've contributed to. But, yeah, the whole the – whole, I mean, I spoke to um, Gary uh, Pendergast about this at a WordPress meetup in Melbourne recently, and the whole backward compatibility thing – is, you know, I mean, do do you think that's the reason why that the admin interface is kind of not able to evolve as quickly as some people would like it to? Um, I think that might have been the case historically um, because 
the release schedule was a little bit further apart. Um, and when you have to maintain backward compatibility, then things that change need to happen over multiple versions so mm. that you have a path mm. um, um, to keep that c- compatibility. Um, but now that we're doing these um, feature as plug-in and the, the development cycle has sped up a little bit, I actually don't think that's a big deal anymore. And I think that we, as a, as a community and WordPress core, um, is better able to sort of move forward uh, with even things that, you know, something that might happen in version 4.2 um, isn't compatible with 3.8, but if you grow through 3.9, 4.0 and 4.1, it's been worked out across those versions and you're there. Mm. Do you have any idea how many people kind of skip updates? I mean, I know that the auto-update feature now should be preventing a lot of that, but do you have any idea how many people would go from like 3.6 to 3.9 without going through the 3.7, 3.8 cycle? Um, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the auto updater handles that, but I suppose if someone did a manual update, I don't know whether that might undermine it to the point that it breaks. Um, no, I don't. Um, I suspect a lot actually, because I, you know, you get a lot of, um, hit and run web developers who come in, build a project and then leave their client. Um, and then, you know, a couple of years later, something's broken and the client <laughs> finds another web developer and that web developer comes in and goes, oh, you're out of date and updates them or yep. things like that. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened relatively relatively often, but I think it's a testament to WordPress that you don't hear about it that often mm. because it handles it. We, we get that quite a bit, actually. We get asked to come in and rescue projects that are, you know, been sitting there for three years and haven't been updated. And, uh, yep. you know, the first thing we do is take a copy of it, put it on a staging environment, on the same host that the live, you know, site is on, update it, see what happens before we even make a decision about whether or not, you know, we can help them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think there's a fair bit of that. Um, and that's something, incidentally, that um, the X team is really, really strong on is the after, the after project relationship with the client. Um, there's a yeah. big emphasis on that with the X team. Um, and that's really good to see from my point of view, having worked for a number of agencies before mm. and knowing that even at those agencies where I, you know, maybe I wasn't in a position to do anything about it, um, we didn't necessarily do very well on the after-project support. Um, and so, yeah, X-Team is fantastic at that and I, I would hope that all agencies are working towards it. It's critical and it's also it's a great way of getting new clients, getting referrals by keeping your existing clients really super happy and you yeah, know, managed well. Exactly, and even you know, just ongoing income, or you know, if you keep that client around, then when they come to do their website refresh in three years or or less, um, you're right there. And who, why would they go with anyone else? Yeah, where should? But before we get into the lightning round, where should people start out looking to improve their WordPress skills? If someone you know has been doing some theme customization, but they want to kind of get their feet dirty and they want to skill up as a WordPress developer, where's the best place to start? Sure. Um, I, there's a couple of places that I now that you're not quite, working now that you're not working at Invado you can <laughs> yeah well I was going to say some of the content um, particularly Tom McFarlane's content um, on Tuts Plus is fantastic um, I also really love what Brian Richards is doing with WP Sessions mm. and um, and having chatted with him fairly recently uh, we're Camp Miami about some of the direction that he has with that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, the really exciting things happening there and I think that's going to be a super strong educational resource. Do you think people should go looking for what they need to do right now or do you think they should go looking to kind of broadly skill up and know what's possible? Because I think most WordPress developers skill up in a reactionary way. They kind of go, well, I've got this problem. I need to know how to fix it. They go Googling around. They find the answer. And now, okay, I know how to do that. But they don't go looking in general for, you know, well, I need to know how, you know, I need to know actions, hooks and filters. I should just learn that stuff so that I've got it in my toolkit. Yeah, and that's well, that's one of the reasons that I love the content that Tom McFarlane puts together because he mostly comes at it from a point of view of, oh, you need to know how to do some hooks and filters. Well, here's three tutorials that take you right through understanding hooks, hooks actions, and filters um, or the settings API. Um, I think it's like eight-part tutorial taking you through the settings API and there's some stuff on the theme cu- customizer and I just love his kind of end-to-end uh, 101 in-depth stuff on a feature. Mm. Yeah. Tom yeah, that's McFarlane, definitely get, the way to go. Get Matt to stick that in the uh, show notes. All right. Um, what's in your toolbox? What's the one piece of software besides WordPress, hardware or otherwise that you need to run your business, like an Evernote or a Gmail or an iPad or a Slack or... Um, probably, probably Git mm-hmm. version control. I, don't, I would. You can't really not have version control. That would be madness. <laughs> oh, uh, you can, Jafe. Oh, you can. <laughs> oh, yeah. You shouldn't, but you can. You can, but you can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's um. Yeah, I remember. I just think back sometimes to the days when I. Like before, when I was really, really, really green and going, you know, not having any version control, and mm. I would have, I was super paranoid even still. Um, I have like multiple directories. I'd like go, well, I'm gonna do something kind of crazy here. I'm gonna make a copy of that directory mm-hmm. and then keep working, and I'd end up with these just orphaned copies of mm-hmm. like <laughs> old versions of code. Um, um, so version control is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Mostly, I just, I mean, I, I travel a, a bit, and as long as I have an internet connection and my laptop, um, I'm pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I just have my code editor. I use Atom, like I mentioned before, which I, I love. I love the integration with Git that it has. You can actually see in the file which lines you've changed, which lines you've added in the directory tree. You can see which files you kind of, files you've added or changed as well, and things like that. It's nice to have a a bit of a snapshot of what's going to happen or what you're currently working on. Really easy to jump to the point you're currently working on because it's where all the highlighted changes are. Um, yeah. This is the text editor from the guys at GitHub, right? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Adam.io, A-T-O-M.io. I'll get Matt to stick that in the show notes. All right, lightning round where I ask a series of quick questions and you answer them in 10 seconds or less. This should be pretty easy. Uh, what's the one plug-in apart from Stream you cannot live without? Oh... Um, yeah, there's, let's, let's come back to that one because that's a really hard one. <laughs> okay. Uh, a favorite WordPress or business book? Mm, I really like the, um, the WordPress plugin developer Bible that, um, uh, Brad Williams and, and those guys wrote. Uh, I got given a copy as a prize, I think it was, oh, yeah. um, from WordCamp Gold Coast in 2011. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's been great. Um, yeah, really good. I mean, it's a little, a little out of date now, but it's the general concepts and stuff are fantastic. Cool. A quote you live or run your business by? 
Uh, mm, uh, I really like the the quote. Who oh, I can't even remember who to attribute it to now, but it's the um, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic, <laughs> um, and I love that because you have to think about that sometimes when you're talking to people about WordPress. To yes. some people, WordPress is magic. magic. And we are magicians. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, whoa, how did you do that? And yeah, it's like, yeah, just, yeah. just a reminder to simplify your explanations when you're talking to someone. Uh, what's the best business or career advice you have ever received? Um, my wife telling me to leave the Hobart City Council and take the web development job I'd been offered. Uh, good on her. Awesome. Um, what's the uh, longest that a client project has ever taken back in your freelancing days? Oh. Have you got any still going? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, but there was one massively uh, long one and it actually ended up in, in actually the the project died, the client ran off and had to cut our losses and um, that must have gone for over a year, I would say. Wow. only a year. Yeah, not too bad, hey. That's nothing, But it man. was a significant, uh, I was freelancing and that was a significant loss in, yeah. in financial terms. Yeah, bummer. Uh, if you had to switch to another CMS, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Uh, <laughs> uh, the one plugin you cannot live without besides Stream, I'm going to come back to that question. Yeah, yeah, besides Stream, it would be the JSON REST API. Okay. Very I am. Um, I'm really, doing a lot of work with that right now. You really are a developer nerd. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't even know how to use it. Who should I interview <laughs> next or who should Matt interview next? <laughs> mm, I would love to hear from Brian Richards about WP Sessions. Cool. Well, I'll find out if he has been on the Matt Report, then I'll get him on WP Elevation. If he hasn't been on the Matt Report, then I'll get Matt to get him. And what's the one question I didn't ask you that I should have? If I could have any superpower, what would it be? Ah. Jafe, if you could have any superpower, <laughs> what would it be? I'd love to be a changeling. I oh, think yeah. that would be really cool. I used to watch a bit of Star Trek. Yeah, I really am a geek. Uh-huh. Uh, Deep Space Nine, and there was a uh-huh. character on there called Odo, and he could change into anything. He wow. could be like a glass on your table, or he could be <laughs> your table. Wow. Um, and Or he could be a bird, and I just think that would be the best superpower. Wow. I think I want to be invisible if I could have a superpower. Yeah. See, the thing about a changeling I like is you can go, you, can you know what? Invisible. I like to fly, so you could be oh. a bird. Or oh. I want to swim, you could be a dolphin. Oh. Or you want to kind of be something useful. Someone goes, oh, I really wish I had a chair right now. You could be a chair. Chair. What's the first? If, if you were a changeling, what's the first thing that you would change into? Oh, the first thing? Bird. Yeah. A bird. I quite like birds and I'd love to fly. Fly. Yeah, I'd fly down to the water and then I'd change into a dolphin. <laughs> Very nice. Like a human hovercraft, a human transformer. <laughs> it's a truck. It's a robot. What the hell is it? Exactly. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you very much for spending some time with us on The Matt Report. Of course, my name is Troy Dean. I'm from WP Elevation, but I'm reporting for The Matt Report this week as part of Host Swap. Matt is over on our podcast interviewing Jason Cohen from WP Engine, and I'm here with Jake from X-Team and Stream. Thank you very much for spending some time with us, and uh, keep in touch, man. I wish you all the best for the future. Thanks. Cheers.